This is On The Radar with me, host Radar, and always we'll talk about local and national sports as well as pop culture. Let's get to the news. Rest in peace to Ken Williams, a composer, the Canadian musician, who was also a mayor in British Columbia as well. He is famous for playing with the new vaudeville band, the Dixon House Band, and was a studio bassist at Mushroom Studios in Vancouver. He was also nominated for Best Composer for Crimson Code and a Police Academy and all these other movies. Rest in peace to Laura Sebastian, the famous photographer for American Beauty and Hell or High Water, passed away at age 78. Rest in peace to Public Relations Executive at Amazon Studios, Vicky Ejulia at age 48. Rest in peace to Studio 54 Club owner Mike Fleischman, Mark Fleischman. And rest in peace to Marlon Briscoe, the first black quarterback in AFL history, nicknamed the Magician. He also played wide receiver. He was drafted by the Broncos and was established a Denver rookie record of 14 touchdown passes in his season. He played nine years, also for the Bills, the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Lions, the Patriots. And he won two Super Bowls and a pro, and he made a Pro Bowl, finished with 3,500 passing yards and I mean receiving yards as the uh, receiver and passing yards of 1,697. He caught 30 touchdowns through 14. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame as well. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Jalen Ferguson, who was only 26 years old. The former third-round pick of the Baltimore Ravens was the first all-team. All USA in college, and it sucks that he only got to play a few years before passing away. It's always sad when someone this young dies that they're chills trying to figure out what's going on with his death. Rest in peace to Hugh McInerney. He passed away at age of 93. He was a five-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, 50s All-Decade team. 49ers have retired his number. He's in the Hall of Fame for the 49ers. Was an All-American and All-Pacific coach. Finishing with 5,200-plus rushing yards, 30 rushing touchdowns, 3,200 receiving yards, and 20 receiving touchdowns. He's in both the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the College Hall of Fame. He had a really, really long career as well. And basically getting 11, 375 all-purpose yards in his 13-year career is just one of three players to eclipse that mark. His nickname was The King because he's most of your running back in the NFL when he was playing. And he's also inducted to the Washington Sports Hall of Fame as well. And he's famous for being a pair in the coin toss with President Reagan. So that's interesting. Rest in peace to Dave Wickersham. The pitcher passed away at 86. The former A's, Tiger, Pirates, and Royals player. Got to play in Kansas City twice. Finished with a 68-57 record. 366-3, excuse me, 60 or eight. And 638 strikeouts. Passed away age of 86. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to the goose, Tony Sigasora, the former defensive tackle for the Colts and the Ravens. He also was a side, you know, sideline reporter and broadcaster for Fox Network from 2003 to 2015. He also appeared on various TV shows such as Home Renovation Show's Man Cave as well. He passed away age of 55. He was on that Super Bowl winning team that beat the Giants in the Super Bowl with the Ravens. He forced nine fumbles, had a 5 or 6 two tackles and 22 sacks in his career. He also, as I said, did games with Kenny Albert, Dick Stockton, Kurt Menefee, Daryl Johnston, Tom Brenneman, 
He also appeared as the Sopranos family associate as well in The Sopranos. And he also opened up a restaurant, jewelry store. He also hosted a documentary film called Mega. He played a Russian mobster in the 22, 2002 film 25th Hour. He also began doing the Pen for Men ads as well. Rest in peace to the goose. And also rest in peace to J. Michaels, a friend of the Buckingham. He was at those cruises and stuff, and he's a big supporter of the Buckinghams. He uh, just passed away the other day. Rest in peace to him. And interesting football news. There's been a report of them filing a lawsuit against the Texans because of Deshaun Watson's behavior. Basically, they're like, you knew what was going on. You still let it happen, and you still just were able to trade. So they're just filing a lawsuit against the Texans right now, which is interesting. And in football news, the Bucks have cut punter Brad, Bradley Fion. Pats are bringing back the red uniform for those who are fans of that. And Demario Davis has gone to New Orleans. And uh, Le'Veon Bell is going to be fighting Adrian Peterson in a boxing match. Adrian Peterson is one of my favorite all-time running backs. We just saw Frank Gore fight former NBA player Darren Williams. It's going to be interesting to see two football players actually get to face each other. And Luke Keekley has announced he's going to do color commentating for the Panthers radio crew. So that's going to be good. A legend of the Panthers gets to be calling Panther games. Akeem Tlaib is joining Amazon along with Andrew Withward and Richard Sherman. So Amazon's pulling out the, all the stops there with Carissa Thompson and all these other people. And they announced the USFL is returning in 2023, but it'll only be in four to, two to four states. Terry McLaughlin signed a huge three-year extension with Washington. He's one of the best receivers in football. That makes sense. And Steve Gleason, the former New Orleans Saint who's been battling ALS, he's going to be awarded the Stuart Scott Inspire Award at the ESPYs. Uh, they announced ESPN will Formula One through 2021 for ESPN. And they announced they're going to be a Sports Illustrated Resort in Mississippi. I don't know why Mississippi would be the resort. Sports Illustrated is based out of like Florida. So you would think it would be in a major state or a major city. I don't get this whole... Mississippi thing. That's where it makes no sense there. The Chicago Sky became the first team to ever come back from a 20-point deficit and win. It's the largest ever. Congratulations to them. Jeremy Grant was traded to Portland for a 2025 first-round pick. The Pistons never seem to be a fit with him because the Pistons are a rebuilding team with a bunch of young talent, and Jeremy Grant's a good enough player to be on a playoff team. But I also don't know if the Portland Trailers are a playoff team. They weren't this year. Oklahoma City has had a record 30, has 38 picks until the 2028 draft. 19 in the first and 19 in the second, which is just an interesting thing to do. This Michael Rubin, who's the owner of the Fanatics, is selling 10% share in the Sixers and the Devils to focus on Fanatics. And another person who owns part of the Devils and the Sixers, we announced he was barring part ownership in the Guardians. So a little shuffling with the ownership group of the Sixers and the Devils. Unfortunately for Vince Carter, over 100k was stolen from his Atlanta home. I don't know why you gotta keep all that in your house, but I guess he's got to continue to do TV to make that money back. 76ers acquired Anthony Melton and give away the 23rd pick in the draft and Danny Green. 
Danny Green would definitely help out the Grizzlies because they're an up-and-coming playoff team with his veteran experience, three-point shooting, and defensive capability. But the Sixers also are a playoff team, but I guess they get a little younger with Anthony Melton. Lakers got the 35th pick in the draft by trading for a future second-round pick. And Cash, Kemba Walker got traded to the Pistons. And New York gets a 20-25 first-round pick and a 13th pick. This is just all maneuvering around for the Pistons to clear cap space because they don't want to have to pay Kemba Walker any money. So the Pistons were like, yeah, we'll take him. We'll give you a first-round pick in the future and some other draft pick this year. We honestly don't really care that much because they're probably going to buy out Kemba Walker and he's not going to even be on the team. So that doesn't really matter there as well. Because, again, who's really going to need it? Now, the Knicks, obviously, they get that first-round pick in the 25. That'll help them out. Cap space. And the fact that the Pistons get Campbell Walker and this Jalen Duran from the Hornets. So the Hornets got the, a pick and all this other stuff that helps them out as well. So that's a good move for them. They get a young player, and they just say, eh, we'll eat some of this contract of Campbell Walker's as well. And... Oklahoma City drafted two guys named Jalen Williams. One spelled it Y-L-N, Y-L-N, and the other was by J-I-L-E-N. So it's interesting they did that. And the Cavaliers also did something interesting in the draft. They drafted Evan Mobley's brother, Isaiah, so they got two brothers on their team. And um, Scottie Pippen Jr. and Sharif O'Neal, the son of both Shaquille O'Neal and Scottie Pippen, have signed, you know, two-way deals to play for the Lakers, so that's cool. And Candace Parker now has the most career triple-doubles in the WNBA. Congratulations to her. And she now has the fifth most blocked, 18 most assists, so congratulations to her. Julie Alamanet is now the 1,000 career rebounds. And Cody Vanishoot has 3,500 career points. Kyrie officially opted into his deal. That means he's guaranteed to be on the Nets this year until they actually trade him. And Steve Clifford, man, he got hired to become... The Hornets coach after he was already the Hornets coach before. And he previously took him to the playoffs. But they were like, yeah, that's not enough to keep losing in the first round. So they hired that Perego dude. That didn't really work out with Lonzo Ball. I mean, with LaMelo Ball. So they're like, we got to get a new coach. They all thought they were going to get Kenny Atkinson, the coach who took the Nets to the playoffs before they got Duran and Irving in suit. But he decided to say, I'm going to stay back with the Warriors. So I think Michael Jordan goes, you know what? I'm going to hire a coach who's been here before. He said, I would have probably picked Mike D'Antoni or Mark Jackson, but that's just me. Brittany Griner, unfortunately, is going to have to spend six more months in you know, prison in Russia. I know that who cares about some woman in Russia, blah, 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 blah. And you may have your opinions on the LGBT community because she's lesbian, she's African-American, whatever the case is. She's detained over silliness of having weed in her bag with the vape pen it's like it's just stupid there should be more coverage about this more people should be talking about it more things to get her out because she's been there for a long time she was just trying to escape she's trying to not escape but trying to leave russia before the before things got worse between them and ukraine and all the fighting and stuff and it's just like uh, other people were able to get out other athletes but oh not her let's just detain her because the wnba she's one of the best players so it obviously is a little bit affecting the product there. They should bring her home again. Another six months is way too much. Pelicans agreed to a five-year deal with Bailey Sports for those who watch the Pelicans. Interesting fact about the draft this year, the State Farm jingle went off every time a draft pick was announced. And Becky Hammond and James Wade, 
respective coaches of the Vegas and Chicago, will be the All-Star head coaches for the WNBA All-Star game. Lauren Jackson led the Australian League in points and rebounds this year at the age of 41 and is going to be on the World Cup team. She was this young player, like, you know, high school, college age, where she was able to, again, lead, lead the league in scoring and rebounds and play on the FIBO and Olympic team. But she's doing this now almost like 20 years later. One of the greatest basketball players ever, one of my favorite players ever, so that's really cool. John Wall, officially the clip, the Rockets bought him out, and he's officially going to join the Clippers. That makes them even more deep, and they've just extended Ivan Zubax to a three-year extension. He's one of the better role-player centers in the league. He just does his job, grab rebounds, play defense. That's what he needs. Westbrook's officially also opted into his contract like Kyrie Irving because he knows his name is swirling around in all the rumors. And they hired a Wilt Hardy to be the new head coach of the, of the Jazz. I've never heard of the dude. The Jazz, you know, were a little bit surprised that Quinn Schneider just left him. But, yeah, I've never heard of this guy in my life. Supposedly he was a Celtics assistant. Again, don't know anything about this guy. If he ever played basketball or anything like that. So they, the basic information on him is that he played Division Three basketball at a liberal arts school. He obviously interned with the Spurs, working his way up to working for them. So obviously he knows the Spurs working his way up for them. And then, again, working with the Celtics and everything, so that's interesting. So he worked his way up from D3 player to Spurs intern and video guy to being an assistant with the Jazz, I mean with the Celtics to become the Jazz head coach. Again, that's how it is with Ime Udoka being a former player of the Spurs. He was familiar with him. And Terurian Prince signed a two-year extension with Minnesota. He's a very useful 3 and D guy. And again, the Knicks trying to clear cap space. They just said, here, take Alex Burks, a very good role-playing combo guard. Nolan Zoel, a good complimentary backup center. And you can get two second-round picks. Just take it, take it, take it. They don't want him because, of course, they're trying to clear cap space because they're trying to sign Jalen Brunson. I remember when the Knicks were a team trying to sign LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, all these big-time players, Kevin Durant. I don't understand the whole let's let's try to get Jalen Brunson. No offense to Jalen Brunson, but the dude came out of nowhere recently. And I don't like, that's who you want to sign? You're not going to try to get Kyrie Irving or something or even Russell Westbrook? That makes no sense. Congratulations to the Chicago Wolves. They have won the AHL champion. And remember growing up and, you know, when we were younger people in elementary, middle school, you had all this free time in your hands. So I did watch arena football, collegiate sports. I did watch a lot of WNBA. I watched American hockey as well. And it's never been the Blackhawks team was the Wolves. It's always someone else. But congratulations them winning the championship. When I was younger, the Wolves won a lot of championships, actually. So congratulations to them on winning the AHL championship. And congratulations, Colorado Avalanche, on winning the Stanley Cup Finals as well. Being a, a team in, that have been the Blackhawks division, never been a huge fan of them. But they had won a championship before. They've won it before. They won one in 2000, 2001, and in 1985-96. It's interesting that all it is revolved all the way around that Joe Sackick was the GM of this team because he's one of the greatest players in their 
history, so you got to be the GM on the team, and if people don't know, they were originally the Quebec Nordiques, and they moved to Denver, so that's where it is. And I remember the time that they won the last Stanley Cup because they defeated the team I root for, the Devils. So congratulations to the team. As I mentioned, Joe Sack is one of the retired players on that team, so that makes sense. And, uh, yeah, so congratulations to them. Congratulations to the Wolves on winning the championships in both hockey leagues. And I want to mention the WNBA announced the starters this year. John Quell Jones makes sense. Asia Wilson makes sense. Brianna Stewart makes sense. Candace Parker. And, of course, Sylvia Fowles and Sue Bird, players that are probably that are both in their last season. And Sabrina Nescu, the, the star, you know, prodigy from Kobe Bryant training. Of course, she was going to make it when she was healthy. And Nneke Amaguake, who also, you know, her sister also kind of, Shanae works for the ESPN while still playing in the league, which is kind of weird how she can do both. Her sister made the team. And two aces made the team. Jackie Young and Kelsey Plum, who unfortunately had a season-ending injury the previous season, so I'm glad to see her back on the team as well. So that makes a lot of sense there. And then the role players are Ariel Atkins, pretty deserving player. Kalia Copper, who, again, helped the Sky win a championship. Scott Dickens-Smith, who's a perennial all-star. Derricka Hamby is one of the best bench players in the league. Natasha Howard, the way that... She's plays defensively. That's good for her. The rookie, Ryan Howard, made the team. Brianna Jones, second time, but she's getting up there. And, of course, the gold mom of the pride of Lincolnwood, my friend, Jewel Lloyd, making the team. Emma Wasserman playing for the Sky, who are really good this year again. And Enrique Maguale, who's been good since she joined the league. Alyssa Thompson, who's been good since she joined the league. And Courtney Vandersloot obviously deserved to make that as well. And this year in the NBA draft, just recap. Paulo Bancharo, the Magic took a big man. I don't know why they're taking big men after they had this Mo Bamba, Isaac, all the other guys haven't really worked out. Thunder took Chuck Holgram, that's just another young talent for them. Jabari Smith, who some people thought would go first, went to the Rockets three, so that's kind of a steal. King getting Keegan Murray, Pistons getting Jaden Ivey. Pages got this Benedict Mathurin, and they're in a rebuild mode, so I don't know what they're doing. Shotterday Sharp going to Blazers. Dyson Daniels to New Orleans. Spurs got Jeremy Showen. Wizards got Johnny Davis. The Knicks did draft someone, but they traded him to OKC. Thunder got Jalen Williams, I mentioned. Hornets got Jalen Durant, but I mentioned Detroit got him in a trade. Cavaliers got this Oshi Agbaye. Hornets got Mark Williams. Hawks got AJ Griffin. Rockets got Tari Eason. The Bulls drafted this Dalen Terry. I've never heard of him. He's supposedly a good defensive player, but the Bulls, no offense to Patrick Williams. He's undersized power four, and the Bulls have to rely on Tristan Thompson and a bunch of bodies off the street outside of Nikola Jokic. So it's because they... You know, didn't have a big man, so I don't know what they're doing there. They didn't need another guard player a wing, but I guess the Bulls know more than us because Patrick Williams, when he did play this year, was great. I would assume at the same time as well. Timberwolves traded their draft pick to Memphis. Spurs got another pick. Nuggets got this guy. Grizzlies drafted someone, but Minnesota got him. Sixers drafted someone, traded to Memphis. And this Maron, Marjon Bruchamp, who I heard a lot about, went to the Bucks. Spurs again had a third pick. One of more got traded to Minnesota. He drafted Nikola Jovic, not to be confused with Nikola Jokic. Patrick Baldwin went to the Warriors. Ty Ty Washington got traded to Houston. And Peyton Watson went to the Nuggets. In the second round, as I mentioned, Thunder having two guys named William. The Jalen Hardy guy going to Dallas. There's a player named Jop, which is always interesting. 
And Isaiah Mobley, we mentioned them drafting the brother. He got traded there. Tyrese Martin traded. A few other guys like Ryan Rollins, Josh Minnan, and Bryce McGowans, Kenley Chandler. They got traded as well. And then we mentioned before in the previous week, the Bucks and Heat, their picks were just forfeited, so they just moved on. Jabari Walker went to the Blazers. And Pacers, who had the final pick, drafted Hugo Besson, but they traded him to Milwaukee. Now let's get to some baseball news. Austin Hayes hit for the cycle. Congratulations to him. Clint Frazier, who has not worked out with the Cubs so far, being injured and DFA'd. He is now in the minor leagues, wants people to call him Jackson. Interesting. 200 careers, 2,000 career strikeouts for Madison Bumgarner. Congratulations to him. Interesting baseball tidbit. Diego Castillo, the Pirates' super utility man, came up to pitch versus Cubs pitcher Dave Robertson because the Cubs, with their maneuvering, lost to DH. Alex Wood has 100 career strikeouts, 1,000 career strikeouts. I mean, congratulations to him. Steven Duger, the Giants center fielder, got traded straight up basically for Willie Calhoun of the Rangers. Now, Willie Calhoun was this highly rated prospect where where he was supposed to be this great player that they got in the trade, the Rangers, and he never stayed healthy, never became the player he was. So maybe the Giants took advantage of him if he's healthy. So it's an interesting one-for-one swap. The Astros combined to throw another hitter, Christian Javier, Ryan Presley, Hector Neris, and they no-hit the Yankees for the second time as the Yankees have been no-hit twice in the last 40 to 50 years by the same team. So it's interesting. That that's that, that happens to the Yankees twice that way. Former Astros manager has now been extended through 2025 with the Tigers. The Tigers not going anywhere. You might have some stability there. Fortune News Sal Perez had thumb surgery and he's going to be out for a long time. He's the heart and soul of the Royals. Kenley Jansen now has 369 career saves, the 10th most. But unfortunately, he has now had a, another heart arrhythmia, you know, a regular heartbeat issue. So he's going to be off on the shelf for a while. But man. When this guy retires, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. I, I'm not going to hear this, oh, closer should not be in the Hall of Fame. Carl Santana got traded for to the Mariners for two right-handed pitchers that no one's ever heard of, and this is like the second time Carl Santana's been on Seattle. He was briefly there when Philly wanted to get rid of him and then went back to Cleveland. So I don't know what the Mariners are doing between him, Justin Upton, Jesse Winker, and Suarez. They got too many DHs. I don't understand it. They got too many first basemen. Doesn't make sense. You trade Santana to a team that actually would need him. Another story. And, you know, Peacock's been doing these morning baseball games. They've announced they're going to have no broadcasters on the next one. And you're going to give a tour of the ballpark, show you ins and outs, all the fan experiences with, like, the person who does the in-game studio, the sideline reporting, and former Tigers player who's a broadcaster, Craig Monroe. That's going to be interesting. Bad news from my favorite player, Bryce Harper. He got hit in the thumb by Blake Snell the other day. Where he's like, I'd rather hit me in my face. A lot of people say he'd rather hit me in the, you know, in the butt or the back. He's not going to have thumb surgery. He's going to be out indefinitely. Even when you is with the Phillies, they never make the playoffs with him. And obviously without him, that is just bad news for them. And Archie Bradley broke his right elbow trying to get over the dugout railing in this brawl that I'm going to get to. And... And Freddie Freeman has decided to change his representation to himself after he found out this weekend in Atlanta that his agents didn't tell him Atlanta had a final offer. That was something that he actually wanted to do. And in that thing, 12 players were suspended for the brawl. 
Interim manager Phil Nevin got 10 games. Rendon got five games. Even though he's out for the rest of the year, he's going to have to serve the five games next year. Stupid, stupid. And he had to use his other hand to get into a fight. Assistant pitching coach Dom Sheedy got five games. Right-hander Andrew Wentz, who threw the pitch, got three. Tapara and Iglesias, the two setup man and the closer, got two games. Bench coach Ray Montgomery and interpreter Manny Del Campo got two. And catching coach Bill Hasselman got one. Mariners side, Jesse Winger got a full week of games. Crawford got five. And Rodriguez got two. Now, the funny thing is, how are you going to have the manager, the assistant pitching coach, the bench coach, the interpreter, and the catching coach all serve the game at the same time? You really can't do that because you're going to need the bench coach when the interim manager is out for 10 games. And the catching coach could also be a coach, you know, if the bench coach is out as well because he's just working with the catcher. And the assistant coach, eh, you don't really need him. So it's an interesting dilemma there. Now, let's get to some industry news. Sherry Shepard's show is coming September 12th. Killing it, got renewed for season two at Peacock. Hunter Schaefer, along with six more, been added to the Hunger Games spinoffs. Halston Sage is going to be the daughter of the bride. Kevin Zegers, who I've seen before, is joining Fed. Paris Hilton, Gail King are joining this thing called Trainer. So you got a journalist and a reality star. Jason, you know, Alan Carroll is going to be playing Malcolm X, which is interesting no matter who it is to play him. Olivia Cook is joining this movie called Breeders. Spy Kids officially had a Chino Rodriguez and Zachary Levi. I'm a fan of Zachary Levi, but why are you remaking Spy Kids? There's no need to do that, Netflix. Lou Ferrigno Jr. is joining this Outer Banks Season 3. He briefly has been on SWAT and Stargirl. I just probably means less of him because they got rid of the other dude. He retired, so there was no point of having him in the show. I guess they just don't want to have any paying for Lou Ferrigno Jr. on that show. Landry McQueen... I mean, Andy McQueen and, and Paul Giamatti are joining Three Oculus and Ruffy Bars, Bar, Raffi Barcelum, who I remember from Code, Code, you know, The Code, which was a military show about, you know, the lawyers and stuff. He's joining SEAL Team, a show I haven't watched since they moved to streaming, but I'm credibly saying because he's a good actor. Henry Sergernium is joining Scream. Everyone else is joining it. Selling something that was new for season Six and seven at Netflix, and Moses Ingram replaces Lapita Nandino in Lady in the Lake. So it's interesting casting news there. Fatal Attraction show that they again they're remaking Fatal Attraction. They've added four people to the cast, never heard of them. Manny Patinkin and his wife are getting a show called Season. James Leisure, who I know from Wedding Band, and he was just on that show with Andy Garcia and Katie Segal where he was one of Katie Seagal's ex-husbands, he's joining Fed. So two actors that I've seen before are joining the show to support Niecy Nash because I don't think she's a leading person, so that's good for them. And this J-Hope of the defunct group, K-pop group, you know, BTS announced he's coming out with his own solo music, so congratulations to him. Josh Hutcherson is joining Sin called Little Mouth along with David Thewlis and Dennis Quaid, so there's pretty good acting there. They're going to have a deaf show on... You know, on on the air about you know how people are quiet and call quiet and stuff. So that's interesting there. AMC is gonna have it, so they're like, let's have a show where it's about deaf people. And you're gonna have people who are deaf on the show and doing sign language, so that's interesting. The show Woke was canceled at Hulu. Daniel Fischel of Boy Meets World and other and Girl Meets World is producing a show about middle schoolers called On with Her. Peter Bregman signed a five-year extension to stay with the Young and the Restless because that show's never gonna come off the air. Fat Joe is getting his own show on Showtime, so they announced some of the casting. Christy Paul 
of CNN is no longer going to be there. She's moving to Ohio. Interesting that leave CNN to go to Ohio. My One of my favorite groups, Billy Joel Armstrong, announced he's renouncing his American citizenship and moving to the United Kingdom. I don't know what that entails. I don't know what the heck's going on. I spent my money, and I've seen them before. So for me, I'd love to see Green Day again. But yeah, not a big deal if that he's going to, out there. Outlanders add two more to their cast. Carol Burnett announced she's going to be in the Better Call Saul finale, so I don't know. Is going to play a mother, a relative, the comedian legend? I don't know, but that's cool that Carol Burnett's joining Better Call Saul for the final episode. Emma Roberts, remember her from Nickelodeon and a lot of other things, you know, on Fabulous, Scream Queens, you name it. She's joining this Madam Web thing. They're adding all these people to the movie, so hoping this Marvel Spider-Man-esque type of thing turns out to be well. Jason Schwartzman's going to be voicing a character in the new Hunger Games spinoff. He's a good, funny guy. Dave Franco and Ed Harris and Jenna Malone. I'm going to be Love is Bleeding, and this Jay Hernandez guy, and Jana Leverud, and Dennis Quaid, and Julian Works are going to be in this Mustang Mirage thing as well. Ian McClellan and Mark Strong are going to be a thing called Critic, and those are two pretty big-time British actors. Russell Crowe is going to be on this People Exorcist as well. The Old Man was new for season 2 at FX. I had no idea the show started. It was a show that my dad wanted to watch. But pandemic happened. He battled, like, cancer, you know, all that other stuff. Jeff Bridges, so it's good to know that thing's coming back for second season. David is joining this thing called Governor Cheese. Nick Zanu, we all know from Legends of Tomorrow, is joining Obliterated. Alice Eve and Antonio Banderas are joining Last Girl. And Ron Perlman and Harvey Keitel are going to do this thing called Joe Baby. Ralph Phineas is going to be in this thing called Robert Moses. Andy McDowell is going to be in Way Home. Millie Bobby Brown is going to be in this Netflix thing called Electric State. Gangster, Cop, and Devil being remade of Paramount, but the original actor Don Lee is going to be in it. And and um, Charlie Baltov is going to be joining the horoscope thing as well. And just some last news to get to here. ESPN announced the National Media Association Award winners to the late Stuart Scott. To Jackie McMullen, Scott Van Pelt, Jeff Passon, Seth Witherstam. Kayla McBride has now 3,500 3, career points, so congratulations to her. And in the NHL Hall of Fame, they announced that the Sedin brothers are going to be there. And I'm like, is it a package duo? They're going to get the same bus? I honestly don't know if the statistics on their own are great, but as twin brothers, that's cool. Roberto Luongo is one of the greatest goalies of all time. Makes sense. Daniel Arfison had a good career. Rika Salen is, you know, getting the women's way and... And Herb Carnegie is like a pioneer way, so that makes sense as well. And yeah, Jacob Italian, as I mentioned, from Spider-Man. He's joining this thing called Horoscope. And Eric Dane is joining KJ Appa in that pick about the bio, about the uh, motorcycle as well. Kelly Reese has joined Jordy Foster in season four of True Detective. And the Ralph Phineas role is going to be in Straight Line Crazy. And I wanted to get to this. Somehow this summer, there aren't new shows on the big three networks. We're talking about CBS, NBC, and ABC. Because when I was growing up and my parents were growing up, the summer was meant for reruns. So shows that were on Friday nights or Saturday morning cartoons, they reran them during the week because there was nothing else on the air. They didn't actually show shows you were able to catch up on those things and watch them which was cool then at some point 
when I got older and maybe at some point in high school by college, they started showing new programs, new original content in the summer because networks like, we want to get the ratings, we want the advertisements, not a rerun. So for a while, I was watching just summer shows for the heck of it and having fun, no matter if they were one-hour shows, half-hour sitcoms. Then when I started reviewing TV shows, I started reviewing every time there was a new show that was on in the summer, which was always fun to do. Here and there, there have been shows there or there where it's like, okay, that show was good, they canceled it, it was renewed, but usually the summer is game shows, reality competition shows, or reruns. They're not really showing things like Fox shows, you know, musical competition shows, and ABC shows, game shows, like they, they're the king of game shows, remaking everything. So I just was a little bit annoyed that during the pandemic of 2020 and 2021, now this summer, it's been three summers, CBS could not show the show Blood and Treasure, which was renewed and filmed before the pandemic. That's now on Paramount Plus because they're, they're more concerned about Paramount Plus than anything else. Evil, they moved that, and SEAL Team, when they could just be on in the summer. I have no problem with summer shows because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was on the air for a long time in ABC, went from a year-round show to a springtime show to a summer show. Same thing with Blind Spot when NBC was trying to get rid of it. I don't mind that if SEAL Team or Evil or Blood and Treasure were exclusively summer shows because that's fine by me. Stargirl, the show on DC, the first two seasons, had been a summer show. That's totally fine with me. But at least the CW, they show shows from Canada and Europe and even down under in Australia and New Zealand or sometimes they show you the shows that are on streaming that CBS has. But again, I guess CBS is too busy with Paramount Plus to this year to come out with new programming in the summer because all I see is like the occasional competition show or game show and NBC it's America's Got Talent and I don't see really anything else that they're showing this year and ABC showing holy moly I don't see anything else besides the occasional game show and Fox Duncanville just ended they're not showing anything and with Roswell New Mexico in the dark ending this year but there's spring shows it's just the pandemic has pushed them back same thing with Superman and Flash they haven't ended yet specifically you know it's it's just annoying. They pushed Stargirl, the summer show, to the fall. Fox pushed a few shows to the fall. It's really stupid that the only new original content show that's going to be on this summer that's not like a streaming or from a, another country is going to be Tom Swift, which I'm going to get to and review on. It's just I don't know what happened. Summer used to have at least one new show on CBS, NBC, and ABC, and sometimes two. A half hour and a one hour, sometimes you know two, two one-hour shows. So this is where I'm just a little bit confused as to why only one new original program show is going to be on the air. That's where I, I don't get it. The network, they love making money. I just don't get it. Right now, CBS announced that the new schedule starting Saturday, September 17th, is premiere of 48 hours, followed by Sunday with 60 minutes. And then Neighborhood, Bobber Savashola, the NCIS Hawaii, as well as the regular September 19th. September 20th will be the tri- the, the triple shows of FBI Wednesday night is going to be a waste of a night for me personally because CBS is going to be showing Survivor and the Amazing Race. Things that I don't care about, competition shows, I am not going to watch. Then Big Brother, they're going to have it on Sunday night. Survivor and Amazing Race again on Wednesday. Thursdays again, two half-hour sitcoms. Only Young Sheldon and Ghost. CSI Vegas, which they brought back, revived. And so helped me tie a new show. Then eventually October 2nd, The Equalizer which probably would be a show I would move to Paramount Plus, is coming back along with a new show called East New York. And The Real Love Boat, again, real competition show, reality show nobody gives a dang about, I don't care about. It's going to be on Wednesday night. And SWAT, after being a Friday night show and a Sunday night show, they're saying, 
Yeah, we're going to throw you back on Friday nights because we will have a new show, Fire Country, taking over Magnum P.I., and we still got Blue Blood. And, and NCIS Los Angeles will come back on the air October 9th. Thanks for listening to another edition of On the Radar, where we always talk about local and national sports and pop culture. Rest in peace, everybody who passed away. And uh, remember, Radar4428 is my blogger. It's also my Twitter handle. On the Radar is the name of the YouTube channel where you can watch movie reviews, baseball observations. On the Radar Entertainment Blog is the Facebook page. Hit like, follow. On the Radar Media.com is my website. And you can always get this podcast wherever you get it, Apple, Google, or Spotify. For On the Radar, I'm Radar. See you guys next time.